Hey there, Live Like Your Nail Color Gals. I'm excited for today's episode for at least two reasons. The first is that we're wrapping up the mini series on women's essential relationships with some fun. So far, the series has explored what to do and how we can ultimately benefit, yes, benefit, when we've had chip happen in our closest relationships, like a breakup with a spouse or partner, caregiving for aging parents, and the shock and sadness when your adult child is suddenly estranged. Now, when any chip happens in your life, where do you immediately turn? I bet it's a gal power female friend. That's why today we're exploring what we really need from female friendships at midlife and how to go about creating and nurturing them. Because the opportunity to create rich female friendships at this point is greater than ever if we're willing to try. The second reason I'm excited about today's episode is because I'm taking a summer break from new episodes, but not because I'm tired of them, not at all, because I want to make this podcast even better, and I'm creating something new that I think you'll be excited about. Over the next few weeks, if you want to get notified of what I'm doing off mic, including how you can help me shape the Live Like Your Nail Color Podcast 2.0, then make sure you're getting my emails. To get on the list, go to livelikeyournailcolor.com forward slash notify. That's N-O-T-I-F-Y. Each week, I will let you know the latest, how you can chime in if you'd like. Plus, hear about some cool things some of my most popular guests have been up to. Again, go to livelikeyournailcolor.com forward slash notify. One last thing before we dive into our conversation on female friendships. Have you taken my quiz to determine your nail color persona? I always ask my guests, and it's amazing how spot on it is. And just plain fun. To take the quiz, all you have to do is go to livelikeyournailcolor.com, answer a few quick questions, and in your results, discover your specific nail color persona, your built-in strengths, and what your fave go-to color, or none at all, reveals about you. Again, go to livelikeyournailcolor.com. Now, let's get to today's episode. Tired of so much chip happening? Discouraged by so much downer news? Weary from chronic crisis? Don't let the chips keep you down. Welcome to the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast, where the tips of your fingers and toes are ready to inspire you to not give up and to keep creating the business, career, and life you want. In each episode, we flip the chip and let our fun nail color with that crazy fun name cheer us on to remember our strengths, embrace the power of choice, see life as an adventure, and know resilience is only a touch-up or change-up away. Get ready for a good time and a good laugh with your host, Mary Foley. Hey again, friends, and I do mean friends. All your comments, DMs, and encouragement about this podcast has made me feel so good. Like a friend who unexpectedly sends you a card in the postal mail for no reason other than to say, yay you. Don't you love that? Well, in a world of swirl, these simple positive thoughts are even more powerful than ever. And I've never, never called anyone friend who enjoys talking trash about me and everyone else. You know what I'm saying? But- A funny thing happens on the way to creating a career, building a business, raising a family, taking care of aging parents, walking the dog three times a day, and doing a bazillion other things called life. 
Our female friendships so easily take a backseat. And starting new friendships, well, that takes time and energy. Plus, we remember those mean girls or other friendships that hurt or ended badly. But here's the thing. Research shows that relationships, including female friendships, are key to our happiness and longevity. We're talking increased heart disease, depression, dementia, and more. That's enough to kick our schedules and discomfort to the curb long enough to figure out how to add female friendships to our lives at midlife. And they can be even better than ever, is my experience. And that's why I've invited two of my previous podcast guests back on the show to have a conversation about this topic. I want to get their thoughts and their ideas because we still got a lot of living to do and we need some gal pals to do it with. The first gal pal is Jill Bond, host of the podcast called Find Your Joy No Matter What. She describes it as doing joy shots with a friend. So you can see why I asked her to join us today. And if you want to hear the podcast that I did with Jill earlier, look up episode 20 on just that topic, finding joy, no matter what. Joy, welcome back to the Live Like Your No Color podcast. Ah, Mary, thank you. Can't wait to get going here. I I can't either. Okay, so... (laughs) The second gal pal is Patty Danucci. She is a speaker, facilitator, and author of her brand new book, More Than Just Talk, The Essential Guide for Anyone Who Wants to Enjoy Better Conversations. And you know, any good female friendship has lots of good conversations. You can listen to our conversation about having better conversations in episode 35 and 36, and it's definitely worth that trip. Patty, welcome back to the Live Like Your No Color podcast. Thanks, Mary. It's just what a joy to come back. It is joy. It's, it is fun. You know, I was thinking so much about this topic, about female friendships at midlife, you know, after we've had several decades, you know, in on this thing called life. And I was like, who are some gal pals I have that would really be fun to talk to about this and have really, you know, for what they do, something to add in. And and I thought of you and I thought of Jill. And so I want to dive in. But before we do that, you know, with each episode, I always ask, you know, my guests, who, what is your nail color persona? And what did that reveal about you? So we're going to do a quick recap because you did share that already on the previous episodes where uh, I had you on. But uh, as a quick reminder, if you would each uh, share what's your nail color persona and your fave color, and most importantly, did it nail you? So, Jill, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, well, I'm a naked Nelly, uh, and I, I identified a little bit with the statement that says, "Not to be, I'm not afraid to be your true, authentic self, um, and show it to the world." But you know, tough times get you down. So that's that's me. Also, I'm just kind of lazy. So. <laughs> Very authentic. That's also me. Uh, my favorite color is orange. And uh, I loved, and I didn't look at the description of the color. I just, you know, before I chose it. And I think I said this last time too, but the description, I would love to be this full of joy and sunshine, happy, enthusiastic, uh, warm, all that nailed me to a T. I love there it. you go. That's like a sunrise. I always think of orange when I think of a sunrise and all the, the beautiful colors that start at the very beginning of a sunrise. So right. I, the fact that you are, you know, 
you have a podcast called Find Joy No Matter What. And therefore that's on your mind. It's on your heart, you know, and you are, you keep pursuing that. I, I think it, orange is definitely your color. Even yeah. Nelly, you know what I'm saying? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so Patty, what about you? All right, recap. What's your nail color persona and favorite? I color? too am a naked <laughs> Nelly on my, on my, on my hands uh-huh. at least. Yesterday, actually, my nails were full of paint because I was painting. Um, and then on my toes, I lean toward the pink. Um, but it's so funny, no matter what color I pick at the nail salon, it always looks the same to me. And my, <laughs> my favorite pink is called Party in My Cabana, which oh. I don't think OPI makes anymore. And, you know, we're trying to resurrect, you know, every last dab out of the bottle I do have. Um, so I think that suits me really well. <laughs> it does suit you. Perfect. All right. And of course, when you have a party in your cabana, it oh, requires friends. It, I'm just saying it requires friends. I mean, you can have a party by yourself, but it's not nearly as fun, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. So right now in your life, with so much going on with work, family, flames, personal interests, health challenges, and more, I want to know, kind of get a quick dipstick here how important are female friends on a scale of one to ten for each of you with ten being super important and if you would share why that number whoever wants to dive in go ahead jill um ten absolutely ten uh and as i thought about this i thought you know just for the reasons that you said we need all the support and encouragement and um joy, not to be corny, but joy that we can get from our friends right now, especially this time of life, because this time of life, you're really starting to feel, I think, uh, a lot of loss and a, and a number of reasons to for your joy to go underground. Uh, I think so. Super important. I think friends can be more objective than family sometimes. So they're not mired in the same uh, muddle, you know, that you are, and they are better able to pull you out sometimes, I think. So that's why I think 10, 10, wow. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Okay. Wow. And that point about loss, whoo, that, that does it's, and it's not, it's, it could be loss of a actual life, but it could be just loss of many other things. Like oh, oh yeah. And the, and the vitality, so to speak of, of earlier body days. things. Yes. Body. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Sometimes though, there also can be a positive loss, like hearing as much about those things. <laughs> there can be that. But yeah. Patty, would you go ahead? What What is your yeah, number? Not to be repetitive, but boy, a ten. And I was thinking, you know, I just think of my 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 book team alone are mm. all they're all women, and they're all my friends. They're all mm. friends. Um, they say don't work with your friends. I I don't agree with that. I think friends know you really well and and love you and want to see you succeed. Um, but I, I think, you know, when Jill's talking about loss and health and objectivity of friends over family, I, you know, I think I have three older sisters. I love them dearly, but there's always a family dynamic involved that goes way back to like when I was five <laughs> and I'm the youngest, yeah, right? Oh, so, you know, again, I love them. I, I enjoy time with them. I enjoy their guidance, but my friends give me something. They know me as an adult, as a business person, as a, as a mom, as a, you know, whatever, you know, as a grown up, basically. But, you know, I think, and I have a wonderful man in my life who I love spending time with, but it's not the same as being with girlfriends who 
again, as you get older, your, your body's going through changes. You may run into health issues. Your career aspirations are shifting and changing because you want your life to have meaning and to continue to have meaning. And um, those very well-chosen friends can be the most energizing force in your life. Mm-hmm. Creativity, you know, with the creativity, with the objectivity, with the gentle criticism <laughs> when needed. Um, I'm, I agree, total 10. Wow. All right. I and I didn't, of course, I didn't ask you this number, this rated question prior. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, Patty feels a 10 and Joe feels a 10. So let's have let, let me let me ask them about female friendships. Well, no, that's great. And I appreciate that. Not everybody would rate themselves right now as a 10, right? Well, and right. I just want to jump in and say I think Jill and I both know because of our work as authors and speakers, we've done research and we've we not only feel it intrinsically, but we've read about the research that says how important friendships are to your well-being on every level. Mm -hmm. But we know this, we know this intellectually as well as personally. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that because I think when you, when I started to research for this episode, I was amazed at article after article really pointing from studies, sometimes the very long-term studies about the impact of female friendships on women who have, you know, several decades under their belt. I have seen too many women as at this age who are older than I am, who are, you know, a, a more uh, farther down the road. And too many of them don't have many friends in their lives and they're, and they're alone. And I think, Oh, I mean, I don't have to have a hundred women in, you know, who are my best friends and always going around with a, you know, um, a, a crew to, to feel good. But if I've had periods of my life as a younger woman where I, uh, was divorced and then I was living alone and then I had, I had friends, but what I found was if I didn't interact with some people who knew me and love me and care about me on a regular basis called friends, I started getting squirrely. I just was, I just started getting not right. Um, and I think it was that depression wanting to kick in or wanting to, you know, to, to be that. And I'm like, okay, even more important at midlife. So here's what I'm curious about. So right now at this stage of your life, what do you personally want from a female friend? What's like top of your list, Jill? Um, I, w- I want a friend who is very honest a friend who has a sense of humor and a fair amount of snark because <laughs> that's just makes real life fun uh-huh. to me. If if you can make fun of things together, uh, so fun, a source of encouragement, really a heart for fun. And, and I also, as I was thinking about this, um, a willingness to be adventurous and that doesn't necessarily mean jumping out of an airplane because I'm I ain't doing that. But adventures can come in all forms. You know, they don't have to be physical. They can, and I like those. But um, also spiritual adventures, um, emotional adventures, friendship. There's all all kinds. If you think about adventure as being um, just taking a risk to experience something remarkable. I love somebody who's who's up for that. You know what, though? Those descriptors, I love this. It makes me think of, well, wait a minute. That sounds like a 25-year-old. 
I mean, seriously, it sounds like <laughs> I'm new at this thing called adult life, and let's go have some fun and try all these things. That, yeah. No, and it, it just just goes to show it midlife, like we're you're redefining it. I don't know what. I'm glad I didn't read any playbook about quote what are you supposed to look, feel, or do at midlife. You know. Uh, I, right. Right. Well, there's, you know, something else that helps is a sense of shamelessness and um, psh, that gets better and better and better as the time goes on. Um, and, and I, I just love that, that you're not so self-conscious anymore. Um, you know, I, I don't feel like I have a, an image to maintain just, just being who I am, but that's snark. Boy, my favorite people can just lay it on. I, just, I love it. And it's an instant connector, I yeah. think, uh-huh. you know? So if you can laugh together and uh, even make fun of yourselves or something together, that's such a such a connector. So that's what I look for. I love it. I love it. There's a lot of women who say fun, laughter. Not that many women say snark. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying that. It's good. Old, it's, like, yeah. It's get good life. Yeah, it's good cool. life. <laughs> what about you, Patty? What do you want most from female friendship? Oh my gosh. I, I look for people who are, you know, I love a lot of the things that you said, um, Jill. That was, that's great. Um, the humor, the looking, looking at life in a positive way, you know, finding the positive mm-hmm. because, you know, life does get more uh, high maintenance, I think in some ways when yeah. you get older, I, th- I think it's also a really wonderful place to be. Um, and I think there are a lot of, you know, when I say older, I don't even know where to put the older number, but, you know, compared to a lot of younger women, I think I do a lot of things that are riskier, crazier, more adventurous than some of the younger women, like in their twenties and thirties, because they're still figuring life out. Um, but again, I look for the positive. I look for people who are supportive, who, who celebrate me and allow me to celebrate them who are resilient, who've been through some stuff. So they have empathy. Um, and I love the sense of humor. I love the wit. I love, um, being able to say, Hey, let's go try this. Like you said, Jill, let's have some adventures. Let's go do things. Let's be interesting people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's yeah. what helps keep us young oh, or right. youthful and vibrant. Vibrant is a great word that I like to use. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of like dialing it down in energy, particularly emotional energy, you're I, dialing it up. I don't have, well, I wrote a whole section in my book about drainers and downers and what, how different ways you can deal with them. And when I say drainers and downers, I don't mean someone who's having a bad day and it's your turn to listen to them or a bad year even because they're going through something difficult, but it's the people that just look at life from a chronically negative point of view, mm-hmm. or, or they're always the victims, always. Nothing's their fault. It's always somebody else's fault. I, I just don't have any tolerance for that anymore. Right. <laughs> Ain't None. time for that. <laughs> okay, so you both highly you know, rate like a female, like you put tens for female friendships. You're, you're clear about what you really want in those female friendships, but you're both busy. I mean, you've got, you know, you're writing books, clearly you're facilitating your, you're speaking, you know, Jill, you've got a podcast, you know, Patty's probably going to have some like, you know, Broadway production at some point. I don't know. The point is you're busy. So how do you personally make time for female friends? 
Because that can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I think my calendar is my best friend in this case because it forces me to be intentional. And I'm trying to be better about this. How many times do we say, oh, we need to get together. We need to, uh, uh, we need to do this. We need to do that. And I'm much better now at saying, okay, let's just get it on the books. Let's get it on the books. Because if it doesn't go on the books, psh, who knows when and or if it will happen. So I, you know, I think being intentional um, and writing it down and scheduling it in that that is the thing for me because you're right there's so much and i know patty you know this if you're if you're a writer you could go out and be with people and play all day every day you could but you know that you can't yeah uh, on the other side of it and so it's a uh, uh you deal with some guilt there because it's taking time away from your work and how many lunches can you have cuz lunch with a friend my husband can go to lunch with a guy and take an hour i can't do that it's not going to take an hour right. it's going to take way more than that uh, especially if you haven't seen each other for a while so um I still struggle with that. I will be honest about that. I struggle with the time that it takes away from work, but still scheduling it in. That's, that's just crucial for me. Yeah. Do you, when, when you have that lunch or that, that get together, when you go back to writing, are you more energized? Uh, sometimes, sometimes I'm more distracted, you know, I'm thinking, Oh, we talked about this and we talked about that. And for that reason, I I do my best work in the morning. And so, you know, that's another way to be intentional, uh, for me. And that is get, get her done in, in the morning and focus in the morning, which starts the night before, which makes me go to bed earlier the night before it's, it's just, uh, uh, dominoes, you know? Yeah. It all makes you be intentional. I was just going to say, the the whole thing is about being intentional with your time. Right. Exactly. So, so what about you, Patty? How do you make time? I mean, you, you, as a speaker in particular, you could have like, you know, you're going tomorrow to San Antonio and then next week it might be on a Friday. I mean, it just, it varies depending on other people's schedules. Yeah. And I, you know, I just came off of like, four weeks of a lot of um, doing a lot of speaking locally Mm -hmm. and a lot of networking events, professional events, social events. And I have a stack of cards here and so many people that I want to get on my calendar. Unfortunately, my summers, other than some travel, my summers quiet. My book is finished. You know, Jill, you mentioned, you know, when you're working on a big project, you need to focus, which means you have to say no a lot. That's the part I hate about the big projects. Exactly. Um, but I love that you said intentional, Jill. I love that you said your calendar. I, I'm the same way. But, you know, I'm mixing in a daily workout. I'm mixing in. I'm a napper. I have to have a nap in the afternoon. I have to work my schedule around that. And I have found that I, I think my plan for the next, well, for the summer is to try to do two coffees or two lunches a week to back off on the bigger meetings and to get truly caught up with some of the people that I haven't seen since post-pandemic or maybe before, because I was so busy working on my book for the last eight plus years. Um, you, you have to want to, 
Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to make it a, just like exercise and eating well and getting the sleep. You have to make your friends a priority. Yeah. You just have to do it. And you have to choose which ones are the ones that are going to, I don't know, where, where you're going to find the most mutual satisfaction. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fill your tank to, to invite a friend to lunch who I know is going to just spend the whole time talking and just leave me like a, you know, worn out, over wrung out dish rag or the ones where I know we're going to have a wonderful balanced exchange. Mm-hmm. That's tr- And that's another intentional aspect. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. saying, I, I love that you also put a, uh, you, you, you codified it as two meetings a week or two coffees a week. Right. So you right. twice, first of all, it's two. And the second is it's a coffee or it's a short convert, shorter time period. Right. Um, and then, and then you're like, all right, so who am I going to invite? So now it sounds like you're proactively inviting, right? So that's part of it because if you just rely on, oh, the next time you see them, you might not see them, <laughs> right? Or um, so you both were like just really intentional. But I, I also am hearing you're putting it up there with work projects, uh, working out, and taking care of your health, Um you know, probably, you know, one more little measuring tool. And I forget where I read this, probably in Oprah's magazine years ago. There, there are the, the five minute friends, you know, the ones you run into in the grocery store and you say, Oh, okay. And you get caught up and that's, that's good. Yeah. That's <laughs> all you need. That's enough. Sort <laughs> of happy hour. And then there's the friends that maybe you want to do, like you want to spend the afternoon, you want to go shopping or you want to go on a little road trip together, go to the flea market you know, you can put friends in those, you know, they don't have to know it, you know, right. <laughs> category they're in. Um, but you, you can categorize your friends that way too. If you want to. In your yeah. own heart. Just to- I, yeah. This right. is, well, you're not here just being discerning. All right. Because let's face it. You are that friend. We are that friend to someone else. We're the five minute friend to someone else. We're also the long, deep conversation friend, you know, and then we're like the woohoo party friend trying to adventure friend. I mean, you know, we're not all created equal to, to one right. another. And I think that's cool. But actually, that makes me think of you and your dinner parties, Patty, because you are very intentional about hosting them, having these rich conversations. The conversation salons. Yeah. Yeah. Really particular about um, who is on the, the initial invite list, invitation list, proper language, invitation list. And um, and there are people that don't get invited back because they kind of bent or broke some of my rules, which I'm very clear on. You know, we're not going to do any selling. It's not a heavy networking thing. Don't get on the soapbox. Mm-hmm. Dominate the conversation. <laughs> um, this is mutual enrichment and support. Um, yeah. And some of these people that you invite probably are, they don't know each other at all. Some might be acquaintances and some might be like, good friends, one another, right? You know them all in some capacity. Mm -hmm. So because you are basically the conversation starter queen and the richer starter conversation queen, what are some ideas about having rich conversations um, with, you know, with those who we've just met or with those we do know in some capacity, maybe even longtime friends, because those can sometimes get stale we don't ask those kind of richer, deeper conversations. Uh, are you asking me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay what are yes. some conversation starters or ways that we can initiate those rich yeah. conversations? Well, caring and curiosity, which means good questions. A question 
having good questions in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, those questions are what lead, lead, manage, extend, deepen, expand, shut down, shift the conversation. So if you're not enjoying the conversations you're having, um, I would say, think about the questions that you're asking. Uh, like, how are you? I mean, okay, that's not very specific. It, it can go in any direction. Whereas if you say, tell me something interesting that's happening in your life right now. What, what are you doing that's bringing you joy to tie in Jill's theme? The questions to me are what guide the exchange. Yeah. And then of course, doing your fair share of listening. You know, balance is supposed to be 60-40 where you spend 60% of your time listening, 40% of your time talking. And, you know, I can say that I've broken that rule a few times, but I'm <laughs> because I'm aware of the rule. Yeah, I was just going to say, just knowing that there is a good rule. And you did that. You came up with that 60-40. I know we talked about that in our uh, you know episode with the two of us talking about really the richness of conversations, how to have them. You realize that from your own research. The 640, right? right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the women, the female friendships that tend to drain me the most are the ones that's probably 80 20 or 90 10, right? Mm -hmm. So, because right. um, it takes a lot of effort to listen, to listen well. Definitely. And then, but, and I'm thinking, you know, they might say something and then I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to ask her more about that or I'm going to ask her a follow up question. But because she's talked so long now, we've on the third topic or subject and like, I can't hold the space in my head for all those conversations, let alone, I don't even know if she could go back there. Right. Kind of a thing. Um, right. so yeah. Building an awareness of how much am I talking versus listening? And, you know, talking is very expressive and we women can be very expressive. And, you know, if we haven't talked to anybody, that's the other thing. A lot of women have admitted to me, I talk too much because I don't have very many people to talk to. And that my cure for that is, well, get out more, maybe do some journaling, maybe mm -hmm. do things that are expressive to get right. things out and then just be more mindful. But I want to hear what Jill has to say on this. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what about you? How would you initiate rich conversations with either women you have just met or mm -hmm. someone you have, you know, a more of a relationship with already? Um, the, the people have more of a relationship with, I heard one time, um, a great opener and you, you kind of have to know somebody pretty well, but not always to say this rather than how are you? Like you said, Patty, that's a, that's a loaded thing was, well, what's it like to be you these days? And if somebody's going through a hard time, I have found that that's a very non-threatening question. It's not, uh, it opens the door for them to tell you the truth, but they don't have to tell you everything, you know, with this, um, the breast cancer diagnosis that I had months ago, um, I'll still have people, I mean, even though I'm doing well, I'll still have people, oh, give me this look that I just do not like and open a conversation with this tone. How are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to feel sorry. I mean, I appreciate your concern, you know, but um, how are you? What, what, what are you really wanting me? I could start and I could talk a long time. I could tell you about physically, I'm fine. The mental load, uh, you know, and on and on and on. But when somebody says, what's it like to be you? 
these days? That is just the most inviting question. I've also used it with uh, people I disagree with, people I, oh, this, the conversation queen, Patty, look who I'm talking to here. Uh, But I, I just, I have grown to love that question. I ask it of my husband sometimes when we, you know, I can't follow his, what are you thinking? Um, or why are you so ouchy today? Or rather than saying that, if I say, so tell me what it's like to be you right now and that, and shut up and listen. Awesome. I love that question. That a lot because, you know, maybe they'll share something that's not so good, but it also opens the door for them to examine what might be going well. I mean, it, it brings right. Right. Um, and that I love that question. I love that. I love yeah. it too. I love that both these questions that you've see all the questions you've suggested, you both have suggested, are about one the other person and the curiosity. So it 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 the I have found that when I have just a posture and an attitude of curiosity about the person, and then I'm able to have that crafted question that I can just pull out, you know, like, I, cause I do it again and again, which I love. Like I always ask this question and I, uh, you know, it fits so many circumstances. You can immediately connect with that person. Cause how many people, that's what I find fascinating. There's so many people who aren't ever really asked in a deeper way. How mm-hmm. you, right. Another one is tell me more, tell me more mm-hmm. about well, so simple. Tell me, oh, tell me more about how that worked or, I, I often ask my audiences wherever I am, like, when was the last time someone said that to you? And maybe one person will raise their hand. I, I think going a little deeper, mm-hmm. um, tell me more. It means you're listening and you're engaged. How delightful yeah. is that? Yeah. So any friendship is based and is is started, in particular started on uh, on conversation, on interaction. If we wait for someone to ask the good question or tell us something, we might just be waiting a long time, which is what I love mm-hmm. about having those questions. And I think at midlife too, you kind of go, I, I don't know what I'm going to hear. It's okay. In fact, it's a little bit of an adventure of itself. You know, like I'm cool either way, right? Because it's not so, it's, I'm okay with myself enough to go, well, what about you? How things are going with you? There's, there's just a, a different perspective that comes or can come, right? Um, what would you say to the woman right now who's listening and goes, I'm really uncomfortable asking the first question, making the first move because either I'm super introverted or it's not because I'm introverted. I'm just emotionally shy and uncomfortable. What would you say to that woman right now? Patty, what would you say? Well, I would say be ready for other people to fill in the blanks about you. I mean, if when you don't, well, first of all, it is our social duty. It is good manners to engage, to be proactive. And that's one of the things I tell a lot of the younger people in my audience, but you know, it can be anybody. Oh, well, and people say, well, I'm introverted or I'm shy, which are two different things, by the way. Introverted means you get energized by being alone and being shy means you're socially uncomfortable. You're always, once you're an introvert, you're always an introvert, but shyness is just about practice. And maybe that person didn't have good social role models. I I had great social role models. I was really blessed. Um, Then I'm also just very interested in this topic, but if if you're not 
engaging, people are going to say, well, she's depressed or she's a snob or she's unfriendly. And who wants that? Um, and it's like relying on other people to make your life better. And I and the analogy of, you know, if you want to get better at push-ups, you do more push-ups. It's practice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. It's just courage to engage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, heck, you could take the two questions uh, that you both suggested. Um, Jill, the one that you had, which I'm not sure I get that right. What is it like to be you these days or what is it like to be you right now? Right. Mm-hmm. And Patty, if I can remember the question, it was, well, tell me something interesting yeah. uh, in your life in the Please last. Tell me. Well, the other thing is, you know, I've, I have in my book, if, if you're just one of these people that's you're going into an event and you're just terrified even admit, plan a little bit in advance and admit to everybody you run into. I have a question I'm just asking everybody today because it's I'm interested. What books are on your nightstand? And that's your question of the night. It's like you're a journalist who's doing a story on what's everybody reading. Mm-hmm. Come up with, you know, what are your favorite hobbies? How did you, what, what was the biggest lesson you learned during the pandemic? And come up with a question du jour and admit to it and people find that charming they do mm-hmm. and they don't forget you easily no you know? i mean because they don't get asked interesting questions so often i think i think that's it uh um I, th- these are these are great now i also know at this point we have lots of history at midlife right with that is also baggage yes uh you know we have some things that are heavier uh, weighted down in, in our life experience and for some people that means i've got lots of stories <laughs> to tell um but for others it can be scary to be vulnerable to even expose some of those difficulties or, or challenging times or maybe times it's just they just really don't feel good about themselves and what they did so i am curious what's your take on how to be authentic when starting new female friendships, when you've had already all these chapters in your life written. Now you're both naked Nellies in some way. So this might be an easier answer, right? Mm -hmm. For you to come up with. But I just know that there's some women go, I'd I'd really like some new friendships, but I just don't want them to know about this in my life. Right. Jill, what what would you do about that? Um, I think there's, there's a lot of value in um, somebody has to go first, Mm. you know? and just open the door. But sometimes that's all it takes. And I I don't think anybody needs to know the deepest, darkest, you know, there's no reason anybody should feel compelled to tell anybody anything really. But there, I I think there are always ways to open the door. If you answer your own question, that's one way. Um, What, here's what it's like to be me. Um, I've used that to explain myself to people before. Uh, also, people I disagree with, but um, whatever situation I'm in. So sometimes answering your own question, I th- I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, I was at a, an agency conference or retreat last week, and there were this particular agency uh, is a literary agency. 90 mostly women in one room. And I did notice my husband was with us at dinner and I was at a table with three other women that I, I did not know at all. And I said, 
these ladies got real personal, real fast, you know, but nobody was telling. And I asked him, I said, so do a bunch of guys that you used to work with, do they uh, sit around and talk? <laughs> not even close. So I, I think most women at least, and I don't, I guess I'm in danger of stereotyping, but um, a lot of women want to be known at heart. It's a privilege and a gift to be known. Everybody needs to be a little bit known. But these women weren't telling the deepest, darkest secrets. They were just skimming along the surface of, holy cow, dysfunctional relationships and errant children. <laughs> but they didn't go into all the details. So, you know, I think everybody should feel free to mention, but, you know, you don't have to do a deep dive into anything you don't want to. And you can still have a meaningful relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I certainly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what about you? What's your take on this whole thing about authenticity? Um, I think these days, oh, there's several things I think about that. So I do like authenticity. I mean, don't try to be somebody you're not. Yeah. Don't like the cheap, like they said, don't be the cheap imitation of somebody else. Uh, be yourself, which requires you have to get to know yourself. And sometimes that takes time. I, I know myself way better now than I knew myself back in my 20s or 30s. I, you know, I have a track record now. <laughs> but I mean, authenticity doesn't mean spilling your guts about things to a perfect stranger. I've had some of those very awkward conversations where somebody came out and just told me way more. And I think it was because it was paining them so much. They probably needed a therapy or yeah. some close friends, which they may not have. Um, and I think, I don't, I, I sometimes wonder why did you share that? What was your purpose of sharing that? Or sometimes I wonder why people ask certain questions. Um, you know, and that, wasn't that one of the standard Dear Abby uh, re replies to someone who's crying for information? Like, why do you, why do you want to know that about me? what's the purpose and you know it's if it's digging for dirt i'm not interested in sharing i'm not really interested in sharing the dirt on somebody else but i think we're also in this age there, there was a time right around when the pandemic was kind of wrapping up um that people were spilling their guts left and right on linkedin and it was so uncomfortable oh, yeah. to even go on linkedin where people were sharing like a you know, you'd have to scroll like seven pages to get the whole thing. And it was really deep. And I, I don't understand that. I don't understand. Yeah. I think your question is that question of asking yourself, what's the purpose of why I'm, even why I'm sharing? Yeah. Because everybody has gone through something. Right. Right. I'm more interested in how you dealt with it. How did yes. you with this yeah. and come out on the other side. That's what people want to know. Yeah, ex exactly. Not we, not your dirt, so to speak. Not your hard times for the sake of just a hard time. What I love about being at midlife when it comes to female friendships is, is that I think my experience has been when I'm a bit vulnerable about, you know, my life hadn't been perfect. I'm not perfect. You know, I've been through some struggles and it might that it might come up appropriately in a conversation or I might listen to a gal and in my listening, I think I want to share with her. I've kind of been there too, but my circumstance or my, it was a little bit different as a way of connecting and relating. 
And uh, and I think it gives others permission to go, okay, yeah, you're going to be real. Oh, okay, you you can uh, understand some of what I've been through. Um, I mean, we all want to be known, we want to be understood, and we want to be accepted. But to say that the prerequisite for that is I have to tell you everything about my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and have you go through this discourse in order for us to be friends is the farthest thing from the truth, right? As well, the conversation queen in the house, we've got the joy queen in the house, right? Okay, with Jill. <laughs> All right, so uh, humor always attracts, right? I mean, because when you can make someone laugh or make them feel at ease because of your own humor, it's it's just it's, it's just great. So I'm wondering, being that you know, you're in the pursuit of finding joy no matter what, mm-hmm. what do you do personally to find joy in female relationships? This answer is similar to my other answer about being intentional mm-hmm. about um, partnering up. But I'll, I'll tell you one way in particular that it has been so fun and so rewarding and um, has cemented a, one particular friendship of mine. And that is when you uh, team up with somebody else, a female friend, to do something for somebody else. Oh. Uh, one, one Halloween. I have a friend who is kind of crazy, you know, she's, she's got a really good sense of humor. One Halloween I was lamenting. I said, nobody's inviting us to their Halloween parties <laughs> and it's not fair. We both agreed that the kids got all the fun on Halloween. I didn't really want to throw a Halloween party. So I was lying in bed at night one night where I get the bed in the shower where I get all my ideas. And I thought, why don't we dress up so we get to do that? And then we go reverse trick-or-treating and uh, find some people who've had a rough time this year and give treats out. And of course, I thought of my friend because she loves to dress up too. That was six or seven years ago. And we have been, I made a list of some of the, we've been flamingos, chickens, bees, Minnie Mouse, Lucy and Ethel, Wonder Woman, all this, all all these things. And we start planning now our Halloween a year in advance just because it's so much fun. But that that is one way, you know, I think to find a lot of joy is when you you yourself do something for someone else. And if you are in a terrible funk, there's nothing quite like it. Oh my God. Nothing quite like it. But you pair up with somebody who... Uh, loves to do the same kinds of things. I mean, uh, dressing up in costumes might sound like a hideous way to have a good time to some people, to a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know. But the fact is that this was a friend that I knew. It just gave us energy and joy. And then to lie your head down at the end of the day and think, you know, somebody else was brought joy because of what we love to do. We just shared what we love to do. That that is the ultimate in in friendship oh, to me. She it reminds me a little bit of the Sweet Potato Queen's Book of Love. Oh, <laughs> yes. I have Love never read that. You yeah, know the Sweet Potato. I'm writing it down. Years ago, Jill Connor Brown and yep. she and her friends. They they live in the South, and she and her friends would dress up in these sparkly outfits and these big wigs and go to nursing homes and they'd be in parades and it was something similar. Plus the book is hilarious. I mean, oh, I think I oh split a rib. Yeah. Wow. yeah. 
Oh, I was on a plane and I just want to pee in my pants. I was laughing so hard and then trying to not like be guffawing so that everybody on the on the aisle. Oh my gosh, it's so hilarious. Jill, you would so appreciate I've it. got it written down. Yeah. So at all everybody listening should read that book. Um the other thing I was thinking about is you were talking about your costume thing, which is hilarious. Um, when you can see something in one of your friends, male or female for that matter, that maybe they're not seeing. I think some of my really valued friends see things in me that I've either forgotten or I've never seen because I live on the inside. I don't live yeah. on the inside. And if you can reflect back to somebody, something they they do or have done or are good at, how is that not absolutely magnetic and attractive and endearing? Mm-hmm. I love that idea. And, 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 you know, we change. That's the other thing too. If we're, we're uh, trying to live like our nail color, which might be naked Nelly or, or some orange color. Wait a minute. What were those colors before party in a cabana, right? Party in the cabana. Um, and, uh, and we're going to have to, aren't, aren't you joyful? Right. That's what we're going to call yours. Okay. There uh, you go. So there you go. But if you're living like your nail color, you're continuing to say, no matter what the chip that happens, I'm going to, I'm going to keep keeping at it. Right. I'm not going to give up on this thing called life, my career, my, my business, whatever it is, is important. I'm going to keep growing. And so that means we're not the same woman exactly as we were when we were 30 or, or even 40, right. Or some of us even 50. So to have a friend who's known us, or maybe not even known us that long, kind of mirror back to us. This is really cool about you now mm-hmm. even all right or what i've seen you do or happen or become in the last short while i mean there's been lots of growth opportunities disguised as a pandemic party i'm just and, saying and we can give that to you know we can we can we can hope we get that and we can give it give it yeah people maybe we, we just met like you are at, if someone you've sat with on a plane for three hours and you had a nice conversation it wasn't a draining conversation it was just you know you're a really great airplane seatmate. I just enjoyed this conversation so much. You know, when you can share something positive uh, with another person that maybe nobody ever has ever told them, that would change their life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Great it, idea. You know, Jill, and you like to describe your podcast as joy shots with a friend, right? Right. This right. is like, you know, how do you find joy no matter what? You know, how do you find joy in, in female friendships? It sounds to me it's about uh, create finding uh, joy shots and then giving them to a friend as well. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so find by giving, giving some of that joy. And it doesn't have to be this huge thing. I mean, obviously, it's become a huge thing with your friend on Halloween because now you're like on year seven, eight. You know, this is going to be like. <laughs> There'll be a decade, the 10 year mark. We'll have this huge celebration, you know, about it. But it could be as something as simple as in a conversation saying to someone about what you've noticed in in them that you really admire, to your point, Patty. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I said, you know, in the very beginning of the intro about how when you get a, a card unexpectedly from a friend in the mail, isn't it like such, I mean, that just makes my day sometimes, you know, I go, I got oh. a voice message. Yeah, that's true. I was just thinking about you. Do you huh? remember that time we, whatever. And I just was thinking about that today. It made me laugh. I just wanted to share that with you. I hope you have a good day. Yeah. No obligation to call back. Just a little. Right. 
And then being intentional about it, going back to some of the comments about how do you make time for your friends? I was just thinking like, I could do that, like even just once a week and put it as a half hour on my calendar so that it's not so much that half hour can't be shifted around if, if things, you know, but I've got it somewhere to say, I'm doing this, make time for it. Yeah, just choose, choose to do it. Yeah, if it's on my calendar, it's going to get done way more. <laughs> oh my God. All right, so we got to talk nail color again. This has just been so much fun. So if we could create a nail color name to help us to start female friendships or to stoke existing ones, what would that name be? So we can have two nail colors, all right? And it could be the color itself. Like you're like, the, you know, I always like to focus on the name because we can give a name to any nail color or none at all, actually. So Patty, mm -hmm. what's your suggested nail color name? Well, and I don't know if this is what we came up with last time, but it just came up for me. Colorful conversations. It Colorful did not conversations. And it can be whatever color you want. I lean towards pink. Some people like red. Some people like, I don't know, purple, orange. I love it. I love it. So now it's like colorful means, of course, you know, oh, interesting, right? Another way of saying interesting, but like all the colors are included, right? <laughs> so, all inclusive. That's right. All inclusive, but fun, lively, making it colorful. I love this. Jill, what about you? Do you have a nail color name to inspire us? I have a name. It's just one word. I thought of uh, confetti. So it could be something confetti, but I wanted to share with you. I don't know if I shared this with you on, on the last podcast or not, but there was a tweet on Twitter by a mother, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. And she shared this story about her son who was in the back. It was her eight-year-old child in the back seat. And he said, is it okay to throw the confetti in my pocket? And she said, true story. She said, no, not in the car. Why do you have confetti in your pocket? And his answer was, it's my emergency confetti. I carry it everywhere in case there's good news. That is so cute. Is it brilliant? So I started at the end of talks that I have giving everybody and including in some cards that I send people little tiny, tiny Ziploc bags of confetti. I carry a little bag of it in my purse all the time just to remind me, you know, just in case there's good news, um, be, be on the alert for it. Oh so goodness. I think that would be a perfect nail color. Oh persona. my gosh. Yeah. I love it. What a great story. What insight from an eight-year-old too. I know. And props to the mother for sharing that because she knew, she knew it was brilliant, you know? Yeah. 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 And of course my mind goes to, well, if he always is carrying confetti in his pocket, how did she not figure this out by doing the wash? Okay. <laughs> exactly. Maybe it was just that day. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Day. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Exactly. But that, that's my engineering brain going down a road. That's not very, helpful. I'm going to admit that right now. Okay. Stop that. Distract and distract <laughs> from the whole thing. All right. Uh, that is great. All right. So colorful conversations or confetti. Love it. Love it. Love it. Any last thought or piece of advice about female friendships at midlife from each of you from our conversation today? Mm. I would just reiterate intentionality. That is, that is key. That, that is what I would say, whether it involves a calendar, whether it involves uh, 
me, as we've talked, I, I thought, you know what? I guess this is a second thought. As as you were talking, Patty, when you said could be a text, could be a this, a that that doesn't demand a response. When I think about connecting with people, I think, well, you need a good hour or maybe two, or maybe it's going to take all this time. And no, it's not. It could be just like that. So thank you for that insight. That's yeah. what I would carry away. Yeah, I need I mean, to change. And you know, there's science behind that. It's the oxytocin bugs. It's mm-hmm. The, the little short conversations you have at the grocery store, at the gym, at, with your neighbor, um, those create that little oxytocin buzz. And that's your tendon friend hormone for people that are familiar with that. And it doesn't stay in your body very long. So we have to keep right. putting it in there like a little sprinkler system. But my comment about friendships and conversation in general is, you know, have them like your life depends on them because it does. I mean, there are so many benefits to your health, to your relationships, to your work success. Um, I have here, and you know, you mentioned studies, um, Mary, it's the Harvard, the Harvard study of adult development. And it's found that personal connections are the most important factor in long-term health and happiness and They've been studying people for decades on their happiness levels in comparison to their relationships and their ability to connect with other people. So it's, I I couldn't think of reasons not to, other than if you're, if your only friends are drainers and downers, then that's like drinking Windex. Every time you get together with them, it's poison. So be mindful of have friendships, but be mindful of what those friendships and connections are. I love it. Thank you. Such, such great thoughts. I'm just going to add mine. I was thinking and prompted me from what you, something you said, Patty, which is at midlife, after we've had several decades of life and experience under our belt, I think we have even more to bring to a relationship than any other time in our lives. And it would be such a waste to not use that Mm-hmm. Um, for not only our personal well-being, which you aptly noted, um, but Patty, but also what impact we can make on others um, through uh, through that. So um, thank you so much today for taking time and being intentional with your time and you showing up, Jill and Patty, and being here uh, and talking about this really important topic when it comes to you know this whole mini series that I we're now wrapping up on women's essential relationships. This is an essential one. Mm-hmm. And it's one that I would encourage every gal pal listening, that if you have those female friends in your life, stoke them, send them a text today. <laughs> a funny gift would be even more appropriate, right? Maybe throw confetti. All right. Something like that. But start new ones too, and be open to that. And according to Patty, which I, I absolutely endorse, you can practice by anyone that you just happen to uh, have to interact with during the day um, as a way, like going through the grocery store line. So you can start practicing and questions are the start of it. And it's really not that hard. So gals, I'm going to put the links to our uh, the other podcasts that we talked on also in the show notes. But for those who want to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Patty? Uh Patty, P-A-T-T-I, D-N-U-C-C-I.com is my website. You will get a 
somewhat annoying, but you know, not too annoying, will pop up that will allow you to type in your information and you will get some freebies, access to a whole lot of free resources, including a list of conversation starting questions. And you'll get my once a week blog, which I'm you know, trying to pack with content and insights about connection, relationship, conversation. I, I'm on your email list and it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. And I love that you give the, here's some quick questions. And uh, of course, I'm going to put a link to your book more than talk because I'm biased, but I think everybody should have a Thank copy you. of that. Every, every really. Oh, little, and yeah. it just won a silver award from the nonfiction. Woo, congratulations. Yay. We got verbal and audio, audible confetti. That's Throw right. the confetti. That's right. <laughs> I have it in my pocket here just in case there was a good thing to happen today. Um, thank you so much. Again, Jill, what about you? What's the best way people can contact you? Uh, the same. I'm I'm just parroting <laughs> um, Jill Bond, J-I-L-L-B as in boy. A-U-G-H-A-N.com. And same as Patty, if you stay on for just a, a second, a little pop-up will come up and um, you can sign up to receive my podcast every week. Also, what comes with that is uh, a little PDF about how to make a joy box for a friend and uh, so much fun. It can be, yeah, you can do it in Target in an hour. Or you can go, you know, you can customize one, but there's a guide there. So it's a place to start for somebody you appreciate or love or want to say thank you to. So there you go. Love it. Best love way. it. I'm going to put links to all these in the show notes. So highly encourage every gal listening, check those out. You know, it's about being intentional about who we're putting in our lives too. And these are two fun gals to put in your life. Thank <laughs> you again so much for being here. This has been great. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. And now for the after party I call Flip the Chip, where I take a few moments to highlight something my gal pal shared that can help us all flip a challenge or a difficulty that's holding us back into something more positive that helps us move forward. Wasn't that fun with Jill and Patty? What I want to highlight today are the big doable takeaways Jill and Patty shared about creating and nurturing female friendships at midlife. The first one is be intentional. Instead of saying, let's get together soon, Jill suggested that you schedule a time right then to do just that. Otherwise, soon is usually never. It could be a bigger thing, like maybe a long lunch, or it could be a short coffee, a Zoom chat, or a quick text or voicemail that says, I was thinking about you today, and here's why. Second takeaway, create conversations. Patty said, have conversations like your life depends on them, because it does. Conversations are the foundation of any relationship. So without conversations, there are no real relationships. And that's pretty much a no fun life right there. What's the best, easiest way to create conversations? Ask questions. Jill uses this juicy question a lot. What's it like to be you these days? Patty has a great go-to question as well. What's something interesting that's happening in your life right now? Then you listen and you add, tell me more. These two questions will get you off to a great start in any conversation. And here's my ad. Remember that you have more 
to bring to any friendship at this point in your life than ever before. Because you can have more ways to relate and connect with others simply because you've lived several decades and you got the stories to prove it. Of course, you can also use your nail color to cheer you on by simply putting on a new nail color and giving it the name Colorful Conversations, as Patty suggested, or Confetti, as Jill suggested. So that every time you look at your fingers or toes, you're reminded that a great female friendship is just a conversation away. And that's worth celebrating with your pocket confetti. You can make good choices to keep creating the career, business, and life you want. One step, one nail color at a time. Be with you again soon on the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast. Thanks for listening to the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast. Ready to live and laugh more? Know a friend who could use some of that too? Then subscribe at livelikeyournailcolor.com or your favorite podcast app and share this episode right now with the person who popped into your mind. Together, let's flip the chip to be stronger, smarter, and happier. 